What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I like this, Josh. It's pretty good. It's up a little bit. It's pretty good. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the awesome NFL Strategy Show, Monday morning edition. It's the Monday morning quarterback edition, talking about everything that happened in week two with maybe some tips, lessons, insight for week three. And hell, we can just all tilt together. It's good to have everybody with us. As always, hit that thumbs up if you're just coming in. And you know what? I'm hoping some of you guys had great weeks. For those of you that didn't, I'm telling you, do not take this as don't take this as hard as you would take other weeks. There were a ton of injuries. You know, th- it's very possible that it is an indictment on your process. I'm not going to say it isn't, <laughs> but it's also very possible that it's not and that people just got hurt. And it was one of the wildest weeks ever. I'm Dave Locker and with me, Josh Engelman and Adam share breaking everything down, really going to take a deep dive into fantasy cruncher. Uh, we're we're going to do some lineup study. We're going to take a look at the chalk report, which chalk hit, which was brutal, uh, which one of these lower owned plays came through and and made for really big days and some big wins. Uh, And then we'll hopefully look forward with some insight for the uh, for the upcoming week. But uh, Adam, we'll start with you. What what a wild week of injuries. They just kept coming. It didn't matter who you had. You thought you dodged the bullet. You thought you got you, 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 you walked over that landmine and it didn't go off. And then you take one more step. And now you're lying on the ground. It was brutal. Yeah, really, really just brutal week for the the thing, too, that kind of made it even worse was obviously it was a terrible week for for injuries DFS wise. But so many big name guys went down that you're like scrambling to check your season long teams if you play that, too. It's it it was a really, really rough week. And, you know, yeah, it was it was a weird week, too. Um, It was kind of similar. We had sort of a similar thing in week one. But so many of the like good players who were really popular in DFS had absolute like floor weeks like not like they were okay but you didn't need them like just terrible so that combined with the injuries I think made it a really really weird week where it wasn't even as simple as just being like oh yeah I was contrarian and I won because you have to be contrarian but then also not roster the 800 guys that got hurt yeah Josh you you dm'd me not long (laughs) after two eastern said I just hate football because look injuries happen and sometimes you feel snake bit uh, there are weeks where just nothing goes right, yeah. but yesterday, and, and I actually had, I actually had a couple of people that, that, that tweeted at me and said, I somehow didn't get burned by that. Now, if you're playing 150 lineups, you're going to get, you're going to get carved up in some form or fashion. And you're just hoping a few of your lineups sneak through unscathed. But 
from Saquon Barkley to Christian McCaffrey. I actually tweeted this out. Check this out. Barkley, McCaffrey, Devontae Adams, and fortunately McCaffrey got through most of that game. Cortland Sutton, Sterling Shepard, Cam Akers, Paris Campbell, Raheem Mostert, Tevin Coleman, Drew Locke, Jimmy Garoppolo, Brashad Perriman, Malcolm Brown, and those are just your offensive players. It didn't stop coming. Absolute bloodbath. Yeah, the, the only real problem is I basically avoided all of them and still had a non-profitable day. <laughs> <laughs> Don't admit that. I mean, no, you, that, that that's, that's what I was touching on, too. Like, even if you avoided, you know, like for me, I played a good amount of Barkley, so that hurt. But, like, I didn't have McCaffrey. Um, I, I didn't have, I didn't have like, Mostert, who obviously didn't find anyway. But, like, you still, there, there were a bunch of chalk guys that didn't get hurt and still sucked. Yeah, Derrick Henry, the, the Jacksonville Run defense actually looks good. Uh, I'm telling you, who would have thought that? Josh, I mentioned to you, Henry had 118 and a half yard rushing prop. That's absurd. Yeah, didn't and quite he had get there. With like 88 yards. Tannehill just decides, hey, we're going to throw a bunch of touchdowns today. Corey Davis, you can have one. Janu, come on, take two, fella. Derek, sit this one out. We don't need you. Uh, and, and Devontae Adams, another one. Before the even before the injury, he was struggling coming off a 17 target, 14 reception week. We will get into the chalk report later on uh, and, and it will blow your mind. Some of the players that, that didn't come through. But, you know, all in all, Josh, there, there's times where and, and you could speak to this. You guys are very analytically minded, which is, is why we're doing this show. A lot of weeks. You can look at someone that was chalk and say, you know what? I'm glad I didn't play him. That was bad chalk. And, you know, there was a, a ton of hype surrounding him, but I'm not at all surprised that he didn't come through. I'll be completely honest with you. I was shocked that Derrick Henry didn't come through. Yeah. I was very surprised that Devontae Adams did not come through. Um, it was the Aaron Jones game. So <laughs> these are spots where if I had to do it all over again, you best believe I would still have a bunch of $7,900 Derrick Henry. Yeah, you shouldn't avoid it. There's no reason to really avoid that. I mean, you could say like you don't want 34%, but he's, there's no scenario where you're like, there's, there's no reason I should have Derrick Henry today. It's it's preposterous. I mean, it, or you just, uh, you've, you're the genius that saw Aaron Jones coming. Yeah, I actually had, I didn't even know I didn't. I said, let me see if I have any Aaron Jones. And I had some Aaron Jones. Yeah. Uh, and then I look, I'm like, Adam, I'm going, this is great. I got an Aaron Jones lineup with Jonu Smith. We're in business, baby. I got Dak Prescott, Calvin Ridley in this lineup. And then I look and you know, it's, it's Julio Jones or it's Devonte Adams or it's Derek Henry. I think one of them had Naeem Hines. Yeah. Uh, I have that lineup only it has Henry in it and not Aaron Jones. Yep. And it, it got into 93rd in a mini max. Yeah. You, you couldn't escape it, uh, Adam. No. And like you said, even if you did escape the injuries, you had somebody completely bust out. So yeah, uh, I mean, I, I was like, I was sending me and Josh were kind of sending lineups back and forth yesterday during the games, and um, I didn't have a lot of Aaron Jones. Um, I I went Barkley for my you know really good running back at low ownership guy, but I had a bunch of you know like I, I took I made Titan stacks without Henry, for example, and that obviously did really well. But then the guys filling it in were Devontae Adams, Julio Jones. You know, like it's it was, it was so hard. Hmm. Didn't, right, help, so, didn't help to have 40% Julio yesterday on a day where Atlanta went crazy. <laughs> no, yeah. you don't say. I only had I only had 6% Julio, it looks like, but I had 57% Henry, yeah. 44% Adams. That's, that's four four targets for two catches and 24 yards, Julio. 
kudos kudos it's so bad i had 37 percent derrick henry 30 percent Devonte adams uh, yeah it, uh, <laughs> 20 percent julio jones it, it got ugly quick uh, i didn't have a terrible day you know i think i lost like 15 percent but uh, i i guess i guess that's decent you know what else too though adam i had ronald jones who looked really good early on excuse me scored I did have Ronald Jones plus 650 to score his first touchdown, so we'll take that. But then after he fumbled, Leonard Fournette came in and Bruce Arians didn't look back. I said, you know, and then I had a ton of David Montgomery. He was my he was the guy that I took some heat for on the deeper dive. And look, this could be a very solid game. Now he was still fine, but he landed on his head, looked like he broke his neck, and then he went out for a while, lost probably a quarter or so. He came back, it was decent. But uh Raheem Mostert, if you had him at low ownership. He had a great start and then he got hurt. So some of these guys got off to an early start. You're feeling really good. And then into the afternoon hours, everything went to shit. Yeah, uh, it was just a brutal slate. All right. So, Josh, what do you say we take a look at at, uh, at a little uh, fantasy crunch? I'm throwing a tweet out there right now. By Let's, the way, do so. Let's do it. Let's do it. A little lineup study action. I think this is what everyone's here for. Uh, I looked through it earlier today and. I tweeted yesterday, too, that Josh Allen had never had a 300-yard game in his career before this season. He's now had consecutive 300-yard games. They've decided that even with the lead, they're going to continuously throw. So it should not come as a surprise to many after seeing what he did with a 416-yard, I think it was 416-yard game, that Josh Allen was in the, the top lineup in the uh, NFL $500,000 slant. Uh, yeah, so... Matt I've Ryan got, I've got that two. lineup pulled up right now. Yeah. So I mean, take, take a look at this. And by the way, um, how is it? I don't remember how you did it, but that we can see player pools for, for people. How yeah. many players they have. Yeah. I can filter down whatever you need me to. So you, you let me know where you want me to take it and I'll take it there. Awesome. So uh, D- Danny, Danny Ohms. We'll go with Danny Ohms, right? Dan, Daniums, Daniums. I don't know. I want to yeah. say Danny Ohms. Okay. I think I maybe Daniels Dan. Eh, well, D A N N Y O M S. That's what we'll go with. Played 150 uh, lineups. Yeah, 150 lineups. And what was pretty remarkable about this is if you look at his lineups, I believe he only cashed like four of them, five of them. Sorry, first place, 33rd, 227, 364, and 623. Right. Yeah. So he had he had five in the top 600. Out of six hundred or out of sixty-five plus thousand entries, and didn't cash a hundred and forty-four lineups. That is what we've seen stuff like Alex Baker do before, where you know, maybe not in a large field, not in a contest with this many entries, but uh, that's that's pretty remarkable that he had six lineups cash and a hundred. Yeah, he had he had way more cash. Did he? Yeah. Uh, everything that's on the screen right now cached uh for some reason i don't know why when you bring it up in lineup study it only showed like the first four or five and then it showed you all of the lineups that finished in the ass end for him uh he he had way more than that he had oh well it was show- for me it was showing that he that he did it like it's just okay, not it's just yeah, not sorted it, when it opens it sorts, it's sorting really weird when you pull it up 33 okay, so lineups cached Okay, go ahead. 33 lineups cashed. Uh, highest okay. exposed player, though. Derrick Henry, 27%. Yeah. Still, still got 50 Gs. <laughs> yeah, 27%. But Derrick Henry, when you look at all of these top lineups, assuming I'm sorted, right? 
Uh, I just resorted it, but Derrick Henry wasn't really in any of these. Aaron Jones was in all of his top scoring lineups. Yeah, that's going to have to be. He had 16% Aaron Jones. If we want to take a look, easiest thing to look at right now, I'm going to just filter down to the top uh, 1% of the contest. So that'll be the top 654 lineups. Aaron Jones' is ownership, 82.8%. Uh, next closest guy was Dak at 47. So Aaron Jones was essentially the key to everything. Not like that's super shocking. Uh, he had 48 fantasy points. Two weeks in a row, I think we've had a uh, single stack win, like one receiver. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Josh Allen is one of those guys that, like, do you start? Do you start trying to work him in with with multiple pass catchers now, Adam? Because I actually was setting a rule on 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 Fantasy Cruncher that with Josh Allen, I I didn't force in a stack with two pass catchers. Uh, in this case, you wouldn't have needed to. He, it was Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. And as far as I can see, yeah, he ran it back with Mike Gusecki, which I w- really liked Mike Gusecki yesterday. So solid pick there. Only one point six percent ownership on him. It, it was. It was a single stack with one run back. And yep. I, I believe you, you said you saw it. We've seen that twice now in the first two weeks. I, I, if I remember correct, I, I know we had the conversation about stacking last week. So I think it was a single stack. I, I believe so, too. And you know what? I'm Alex a- Alex Baker, as a matter of fact, had um, that, that lineup come in fourth place. That, that, last, that's what I'm remembering, yeah. Yeah, yeah. last week that was – just a quarterback wide receiver and it wasn't even i don't think he even had a run back so yeah, yeah. um and, and as far as your point with Allen, um i i think it's an interesting one because he he's still not a quarterback where i would say you have to force to pass not that you ever do but that you have to force two pass catchers like i think if you're trying in general if you're trying to think of what quarterbacks to apply that rule to um there's a couple things to keep in mind for one if they run a lot you can get away with only having the one pass catcher, you know, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, uh, Cam, Lamar Jackson, but, but also with like the Buffalo offense, it's not like there's a bunch of different pass catching options. You, you basically have Stefan Diggs, you have John Brown, and that's about it as far as guys that you would be stacking in with for DFS. So in, in that situation too, like, you know, I, I don't think that you, you're going to want every Josh Allen lineup to have, John Brown and Stephon Diggs, just like you wouldn't want every Lamar Jackson lineup to have both, you know, two of Hollywood, Andrews, and Boykin or something. So I think that there's also something he said for just how how many different ways you can make a two stack or a two receiver stack with a particular quarterback. Yeah, that's a really good point. And there are there are currently a decent amount of quarterbacks in this league that you just don't feel comfortable with adding those third and fourth options. Right. It, it all comes back to what we were saying when we were talking about Alex's lineup last week because. You, you you're perfectly fine making single stack lineups, especially with quarterbacks like Allen, like Lamar, et cetera. You just have to make sure that you're aware of that when you're choosing what lineups to play, because giving yourself that extra quote unquote optimal play over your second receiver, like John Brown is going to make those lineups project higher. So you just have to make sure that you're paying attention to, to what you're doing. So you don't just get more of the single stack lineups than you, than you may want. Right now, Josh, it looks like he had a player pull up in the eighties from uh, I think around 80 something. Uh, 89. 89. So, yeah. yours was Josh? No. Mine yeah. was, I could actually give you that answer because I have it here. 73. Mine was 112. Okay. 112? Yeah. Alex Peaches was 105. 
Yeah, we saw it. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Wild numbers last week where mine was 111. 161 was the highest more than me and josh proving there's more than one way to lose a bunch of money if yeah (laughs) if you want to lose 40 percent of uh your entries in a given nfl week you can do it with a small player pool or a large one adam were you surprised that aaron jones was almost 12 percent owned i think we had him projected around there um but yeah it was a little bit higher than i thought he was he was inexpensive was the thing um, we we nailed it. Eleven point nine percent projected ownership. Eleven point nine percent ownership in the slant. That's crazy. Pat yourself yeah. on the back. Um, I, I, I kind of quickly went back and looked at that because I was I, I knew I had like I played a lot of Derrick Henry yesterday, but other than that, I had I played a lot of Henry and a lot of Taylor. But other than that, I played some pretty contrarian running backs, and I was like, man, why didn't I get more Aaron Jones? Because, um, you know, he obviously fit that build perfectly. But I went back and looked, and it's because we had him projected higher than guys like Barkley and. Um, some other guys so I just went with the even lower owning guys yeah and mine was mostly because because I'm the same way let me see how much Aaron Jones I had I had I had four percent so I had yeah I had four percent also yeah I had a little bit um but then I had like six percent Clyde Edwards Hilaire who was also in that price range um three I only had three percent Barkley but you know it 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 was weird I I got to a decent I got ten percent Montgomery um, Austin Eckler, I had 13% of, and he was only $600 less expensive. So there were a lot of different ways to be different uh, on this slate. What, what did, what did Austin Eckler end up coming in at? Ownership? Yeah. Four, seven. Nope. Five, seven. Five, seven, which yeah, is still pretty low. Right. So, yeah. uh, I don't know. There were a lot of different ways to do things yesterday, Josh, and, uh, injuries, injuries certainly put a damper on it, but you look at Jonathan Taylor. It, was he spectacular? No, he wasn't amazing, but the guy had almost 30 carries and just completely took over the backfield. So, you know, you're okay with that. Miles Sanders uh, in a really negative game script still came away with almost 100 yards. He did have a score and 30-some and uh, receiving yards. By the way, Carson Wentz, I'm officially out. I'm done. I called it quits. I hung it up. It's over. Is, it, is it time for uh, what? You glad they took that Jaylen quarterback Hurts. now? Yeah. Jalen Hurts. You, you, you happy now? Dude, it's time for whoever you want. It doesn't matter I, to me anymore. It really the, doesn't. The, the speed with which Carson Wentz fell off the season went like crazy. Because there, there, there's several like big time Eagles fans within like the fantasy DFS Twitter community. And so I remember like the first quarter of that Eagles Washington game, just seeing so many tweets like Carson Wentz is the real deal, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then we're like, one quarter into week two, and the same people are just like, all right, get this guy out. You know, yeah, who's, a, you know who's available, right? Who's that? He's sitting on the bench right now in Chicago. Bring him back. Oh, Nick Fulton. Uh, Nicky, <laughs> Nicky, big Dick Nick. How was like yeah. Colin Kaepernick? Phil, well, yeah. Well, he's not allowed to play football. Yeah. Well, yeah, Nick. I don't know about falls, but what I do know is I'm so glad that I wasn't tweeting in the first quarter of last week's game, Adam, <laughs> because I, I would definitely be one of those people. I thought he looked great. 
But uh, I temper my expectations. I'm a pessimist at heart. I'm always miserable when it comes to that team, and for very good reason. But Josh, back to uh, back to Cruncher here. I thought you were going back to Jalen Hurts. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) let's do it. We have to go to him first. Uh, Any any interesting patterns that you saw uh, in these winning lineups? I know usually you can identify some good stuff here. Anything that stood out to you as uh, obviously outside of, you know, oh, no injured guys were in there. Hey, no Julio Jones was in there. (laughs) But uh, anything stand out to you in terms of patterns or anything? Like one thing I noticed was when looking at some of these top lineups, uh, let me pull them up and you can pull them up as well. Uh, that there was uh, not a lot of wide re- or tight end, tight end, and then tight end in flex mm. in these top lineups. If you look through all of the, the highest scoring lineups, you don't get a lot of that. And sometimes that works. It wouldn't have surprised me if you had like a Mike Gusecki, Janu Smith, uh, lineup with Gasecki in tight end and, and Janu Smith in the flex. But you, you look down through the top, I don't know, 50. I don't know if there's any of that. I actually thought it was a decent strategy yesterday because Kelsey. there were so many cheap tight ends. Like you could go, you could go, you know, any of your favorite of Herndon, Reed, Thomas, whoever, and then pair him with a Kelsey or, yeah. um, I mean, that, that was the pairing that I know I was getting was, was Kelsey, but you Same. know, whether, yeah. Um, but obviously it didn't work out because outside of Jordan Reed, those guys all suck. But um, yeah, I, I thought it was a decent strategy yesterday. I guess Alec Cox did well too. I, I thought it was a decent strategy yesterday, but yeah, you're right. Um, nothing really showing off the top. Yeah, I had, a, the, I had a lot of dual key. lineups like that just because of Kelsey. A lot of Kelsey, Higby, a lot of Kelsey, Johnu yeah. Smith, which I played I a lot of Chiefs happy. yesterday. So I was getting a lot of um, a, a lot of that just because it made it so I could get, you know, I'm a Holmes Hill Kelsey stack, and then I'm just using a tight end for value. Yeah. Um, yeah, it looks like the the first lineup that had a tight end and flex in the slant yesterday came in. I don't know. It looks like probably like twenty twentieth, twenty fifth. Yeah, had Hurst and Johnu. It's crazy. And yeah. like my my three highest owned tight ends were Kelsey at twenty one percent. I was a little surprised by that. Uh, Mark Andrews at nineteen, and then Janu Smith at fifteen percent. Didn't really have a lot of Logan Thomas, but of the cheap guys, you would have thought that. Oh, and another one too, Adam. Like Tyler Higby was only forty seven hundred dollars. You yeah. you would yep. you would have thought that you'd see him. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but it seemed like last week, your yesterday's tight end performances. There were more monster tight end performances yesterday than you see in a while. From Smith to Reed to um to Gasecki had a really big day. Hundred and thirty one, hundred thirty yards and a touchdown. Higby had three touchdowns. And I think I'm even missing a couple. There was I mean, some Kelsey really- was good. Mo Ali Cox had like oh. 20 points. Yeah, Mo Ali Cox. Um, and how cheap was he? 3K. Yeah. Right. And like- yeah, I, I think I think it's mostly th- there were those big performances, but there was so much ownership going to, to Herndon, who was awful, uh, going to Logan Thomas, who didn't do much, despite leading all tight ends in routes run. I believe was the stat I saw this morning. Um, didn't you know do well. So I think it was that the popular guys did so poorly that it, it knocked down how many lineups actually had two of the good tight ends. Josh, yeah. here's something funny too. Matt Riley in our premium Slack chat. What's up, Matt? Says 1,800 plus person survivor pool. First week lost 42% of people. I'm assuming a lot of those had the Colts. A lot had the 49ers, right? Uh, and the Eagles. Yesterday, they're, uh, with 1,000 left, Seven people lost, one Cincinnati, and six missed the deadline. That is ins- is that is that real? Can that be real? What that do you mean? So what's it down to? Say that again. 
So, so okay, so so forty two percent of people lost in week one, right? Okay. okay. So yeah. it was down to uh, one thousand people. Okay. Well, actually, if you lost forty, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. So it's down to one thousand people. He's saying yesterday seven people lost. One oh, on wow. one on Cincinnati and one on the deadline. That's <laughs> nuts. Wow, that's crazy. Did all the favorites just win yesterday? I'm, I'm, like I, I bet that happens all the time. It, like you're not. It's not like you're going to be picking teams that you expect to lose. So when the winning teams win, nobody no, but leaves. People, well, not necessarily because generally in these survival pools, there are still a a good amount of people that are trying to do something different because they know that they're not going to win by like how many favorites won yesterday. That's the big key. Like if you just sort it by the money line, I, like I'm guessing like the top six or seven money line teams won yesterday. No, no, no. I, I hear you. And I, and all I'm saying is in week one, if you didn't go by money line, you won. And if you did, you lost. So sure. uh, that's what I'm saying is I, I bet a lot of people like Kansas City yesterday, they ended up winning in overtime on that Butker 58 yard field goal. Yeah. I bet I bet Chargers second half uh, at halftime. I bet the money line. I was like, oh, I got this. And then uh, Justin Herbert threw a brutal interception. But uh, yeah, that was just all in all, another wild week. And I think if we take a look, Josh, actually, is there anything else you want to point out before we get to some of the, the chalk and some of the low on guys? No. So this is just the top 1% of lineups. Uh, Dak was clearly the guy you needed. You could have got there with Murray or Josh Allen or potentially Matt Ryan running back. Obviously Aaron Jones ruled the roost. Jonathan Taylor had a solid enough day at chalk. So you got him there. Wideouts really interesting. Ridley, CD lamb, Amari Cooper. They're all 40% or more in the top 1% of lineups. After that, you could start mixing and matching tight end Jordan Reed in 23% of the top lineups everybody else is 16 or below you could wow. really just sort of get there with whatever you want um, and now a lot of that has to do with the fact that so many of these uh, cheap tight ends did the same thing Jonu Smith Gasicki Reed Higby Mo Ali Cox didn't really matter which one of those guys you had because they all sort of ended up with the exact same performance and then from a defense perspective Buccaneers were tops 19% of the time uh, Colts at 13 Cardinals 11 Jets 10 Dolphins 10 so it's just coming down to you have to absolutely get one or two people right and then you can rotate through a, a laundry list of additional people to try to put those pieces together but um, it really just comes down to like one or two plays in the NFL to allow you into the upper upper echelon yeah no question and one thing I want to stress a little bit uh Something I talked about at length throughout the week, but just to hit on it one more time, because look, it's not always going to come to fruition, but this week it, it, it did. Uh, when you're, when you're running stacks, make sure the guy you're running it back with on the other team is actually someone that can help you win a tournament. For example, the, the, the example I used was if I'm running back an Arizona stack, I really don't feel comfortable with Logan Thomas being the only option there. Like I want it to be Terry McLaurin. Because he can blow the top off of defenses. Terry McLaurin's the type of guy that if Arizona does go off, Dwayne Haskins is going to throw to on 50-plus yard bombs and try and hit him every single time. It ended up happening. It won't always happen, but the point is that the likelihood of Logan Thomas getting you there uh, as a run back, and granted, he was cheap. I understand that. Uh, is just so much less likely than someone uh, in, in Terry McLaurin's position that can go off for 150 yards and two touchdowns. And, and we saw that happen yesterday, as a matter of fact. Josh, uh, what were the top – how many of the top lineups, top 1% of lineups was Terry McLaurin, if you have that pulled up still? I do. 
Terry McLaurin was in 20.9% of the top lineups. Okay. He was in the lineup that finished second, third, and sixth. Okay. I I believe, by the way, just to to be fair, I I believe we actually saw Logan Thomas in a decent amount of the top scoring lineups too. Uh, Highest he got was 36th. Okay. So... And how and and there were two in the top 100. Finished 36th and 64th. Who do you think finished 64th? Who? Friend of the program, Hot Magic. Oh, nice. Nice. Are we allowed to say is he still a friend of the program now? He's the the spy for a different company. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, he's still our boy. One one thing to add on to that too. Um, like I I don't agree with or I, I kind of disagree with your specific Logan Thomas example, but I agree with the overall premise of who you want as the run back in your lineups. And that's um, by the way the great thing about having differences of opinions when it comes to making groups and stuff on Fantasy Cruncher. Yeah, like right, we said yeah. at the beginning um, of this, we can all lose in different ways. <laughs> yeah, um, but I, I agree with your overall point that. But but one other thing you want to keep in mind is not only the probability of you know you want to obviously roster someone that's going to be really involved as your run back. But one other thing to be aware of is, is if you're not careful with that, what happens is you're going to get really highly projected lineups that just happen to use some random bad value guy from the other team. And if you're just going by like medium projection, you're going to prefer that over the slightly lower projected team that has like a McLaurin over the questionable you know, like Steven Sims or something. Um, so, so that's something to, to be aware of too. Not only just the the overall upside of your lineup, but that if you're not careful with who you allow to be the run back there, it's going to take really suboptimal plays when it optimizes your lineups. Great point. Actually, yeah, you, you Josh, don't you don't want it to sort into like Noah Font instead of Logan Thomas in that spot. Bad, like oh, bad, probably a bad example, but you know yeah. I mean. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Well, Josh, last year maybe it was I forget what it was, but you and I. We're discussing like different fantasy cruncher grouping strategies, trying to come up with the best way. Yeah. Uh, and I think the one thing we settled on was with some of those kind of really cheap tight ends, we're leaving them out of the groups. And if they end up getting in as the second run back option, that's fine. But you don't want them in the group where, like Adam said, the, the optimizer is just going to default to them every single time. And now you have, you know, 80 or say you have 70 Arizona stacks and they all have Logan Thomas as your sole run back option. Yeah. And that's, that's something that's helping out a lot with individual player caps for me now. Um, They're, they're not going to be able to show up in that many lineups because these lower price tight ends are all getting capped at like 5% of my 2000 lineups. So uh, that's helping. Yeah. And that's when I, I said, I disagreed with that specific example solely because Logan Thomas, I think is the second, receiver on Washington basically and he's going to be their top red zone um, target but in general those cheap tight ends are what I think you need to be really cautious about in those groups so like um for for my for my groups out of the cheap tight ends I probably only included like Logan Thomas and Chris Herndon yesterday were probably like the only two that I included right and uh, by the way I will clarify my stance on that the reason uh, I felt the way about Logan Thomas that I did is the same reason I felt that way about Chris Herndon and look differences of opinion i know there were a lot of great players that would that had a lot of those guys for me it's just okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at Chumbacasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yes, they might be the number two option, the, the top red zone target, but how often are those teams getting into the red zone? How often right. am I getting chances for them to actually produce in those spots where they would be producing if they were there? Um, so that's just a little clarification on my take for that. Did you want to say something, Adam? No. No, I mean, I, I agree with your overall point there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like, like T. McBee said, uh, our boy Terry McBride, killing it on the shows, by the way, Terry, uh, said in chat, the, the point that we're trying to make is that groups, Josh, are are critical. Yeah. Uh, and not just setting groups, but being able to set them right. And I know I don't want to give Tom Kennedy, CEO of Awesomeo's methodology away, but I will say this much. One thing he likes to do is when he's running it back, he will – only have a guy that's projected for like double digit points as his run back option. It's going to create a, just better visual lineups, generally speaking, as long as you're not forcing in like a garbage third wide receiver to make it happen. Um, it's just right. going to, you know, you're going to, you're not going to get those like lineups that work that don't really work. You should be but, much more willing to use the kind of garbage secondary options in the quarterback side of the stack than the bringing it back side. Yep. And I think we discussed this last week. The the one kind of difficult thing is being able to get some lineups with maybe just a quarterback and a wide receiver and then others with quarterback and two wide receivers and a run back and, you know, trying to weave all of that together can be, can be kind of difficult, but that's the type of stuff you got to figure out how to do. Josh, the, um, the, the chalk report, if we take a look at this now, yep. who were the highest owned overall players in the uh, $500,000 slam? Let me pull it up. So it should be on the screen now for everybody. Uh, Derek Henry was the, the literal chalk, 38% owned. Uh, sorry, that's at running back. I have running backs filtered right now, but that's going to be the same answer either way. Uh, and then we get Zeke, Jonathan Taylor, Devontae Adams, and Amari Cooper all in the 20s. After that, everybody is uh, below 20%. Chris Herndon, Julio, ugh, uh, Kyler, Kenyon Drake, CD Lamb, DeAndre Hopkins, Ronald Jones. Those are all 15% or above. After that, um, that's about the extent. Like, I mean, honestly, like Derrick Henry is the only real chalk of the slate. Yeah, I see. Well, what was Jonathan Taylor at? 27. Okay, so he was up there. But yeah, you're right. There, nothing nothing ex- hugely excessive outside of Derrick Henry. Um, yeah, let me, I'm looking at the screen now. Yeah, Adam, with, with all of these guys, what they came in at, uh, ownership projection, by the way, was, was pretty close on most of these guys. It was, it was quite a bit higher on Derrick Henry, 38 to 27. But outside of that, we came in pretty close to the number 27 and a half projected on Elliot 24. He was 
uh, 27 for Jonathan Taylor. He came in at 28. Adams was at 24. He came in at 25. Uh, all in all, Adam, you look at some of this. Henry, uh, Adams. I'm going to throw Amari Cooper wasn't bad, but you easily could have, you know, 19 fantasy points is really whatever at, at that point. Uh, Herndon, Julio. My God, you look at that five of the top seven or so owned players just uh, did not come through at all. And I, I guess that's what's so tough about being able to, to to fade the chalk, even even if they look like they can't miss. Yeah, especially I mean, there, there's so much volatility in football, whether it's injuries or just running bad. I mean, for example, Zeke had a good game anyway. Zeke very, very, very easily could have been Aaron Jones that you had to have on that slate. Dak or Saquon rushing touchdowns from the one, you know. So, um, but but just you know, not only injuries, just the volatility of who actually gets in the end zone. Um, you know, guys catch passes to the one yard line all the time, and then the running back is touchdown. There, there's just so much variance there where even if guys are in great spots, you can always get away from them in football. It's not saying that you have to, you know, we, we talk about it a lot. You don't want to just look at any one player and say, oh, he's popular. I'm not going to play him because right. it matters what the rest of your lineup um, looks like. But yeah. th there's no such thing really in football where it's where you have to play someone. No. Right. And baseball is the same way, right? Like with yeah. hitters. Yeah. It's very home runs in baseball or touchdowns in football, basically. Right. So, yeah. But you wouldn't, you wouldn't think so with Derrick Henry in that spot. Like you would. It, right. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the difference is, so the difference in the, in the baseball football analogy and, and the reason that you can roster like, like if, if any baseball hitter on a 13 game slate was going to be 40% owned at a normal price tag, you know, at, in Henry's case, 7,900, um, you, you wouldn't roster that hitter in baseball because they're still only getting four at bats. The difference right. in football is Henry's getting 25 at bats. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Dude, he was, um, it, it was kind of crazy. His rushing prop was insane. And I think he was minus 300 to score. Right. That's, that's lunacy. God, I yeah, hate football. And it's <laughs> like Mike Trout. And I know exactly what you're saying. Touchdowns are very volatile. Uh, but what I'm getting at is I understand why Derrick Henry was chalk and, and mm. it's surprising. Highest on guys, so do I. <laughs> right. Me too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like Mike Trout, what do you think Mike Trout in a good matchup? What do you think his odds would be to hit a home run? Less like, than 10%. Yeah. I was going to say 10% was just going to be like a flat answer off the top of my head. Right. right. So God. Yeah. It, it's basically the, the, so like football kind of comes in between basketball and, and baseball in terms of how you should view popular players i think because baseball there's nothing a team can do to get more at bats for one particular guy basketball the entire game can it's just so much more predictable because it doesn't have the touchdown you know home run aspect football's kind of in the middle where you need those home run you need the touchdowns to to, to get points but the difference is that it's like if the angels every time there was a guy on base the angels could say okay we're gonna hit with mike trout now right can we talk about hey, if you could change up the way that you batted? Can we, are we allowed to do that in the show? Can I take this off fully off the rails? Yeah, let me let me talk about <laughs> Yahoo real quick. Uh, Yahoo <laughs> Daily Fantasy Sports is the sponsor of the NFL Strategy Show. Uh, it's the most trusted name in daily fantasy sports. They now include CSV uploads and edit features for those looking to play multiple lineups, 150 lineups, 100 lineups, whatever you're looking to do. Make better choices. Choose Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. 
They got some huge contests over there for NFL. I think $350,000 baller this past week. So Ooh. they're stepping up their game big time for NFL. Check it out. Win some money. And uh, let us know how you did. Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports sponsor of the NFL Strategy Show. All right, Josh, I don't want to get off too much topic. Oh, you're going to let uh, me do this? <laughs> I'll allow you to get off the rails for a minute. What if you could choose your batting order every nine hitters? So let's say your, your one and two hitter come up in the first inning and get out. You can send up your nine hitter for that third at bat. But everybody has to bat once before you can change that order again. It would take MLB managers 100 years to figure out the correct strategy. <laughs> they would never figure it out. They're still doing the wrong the shit from when Babe Ruth played. <laughs> yeah, no, it wouldn't matter. Uh, I think that'd be fun, right? Like, oh, oh, they got two guys on in the ninth. One more guy up and they could just bring up Trout. Like, that'd be sick. <laughs> Yeah, from a strategy standpoint, it would be really fun. I think 98% of the population would absolutely hate that, but it would be really fun for nerds. I feel like NHL shootout rules have something similar, where if you get through a certain amount of people, then you can change up the order in your your liking. I'm not sure, but whatever. I'm a Uh, genius. Just Everybody should just go to me for all these genius thoughts. Yeah, a ton of value added with that spot right there. What about Uh, my idea to get rid of jump balls in the NBA? It's it's good stuff, man. I'm telling you. Hey, hit that thumbs up if you haven't done so yet. Why would you not hit the thumbs up after what you just heard right now? No, but for real, uh, we love giving you guys free content here. And, and I think this show's valuable, right? A lot of people on Monday, they're either celebrating or they're, or they're sulking and, and they, they don't want to really dig into what's going on, what went right or what went wrong. Uh, it's just really important to be able to evaluate this stuff and break it all down. Uh, and, and having two guys here that are, are very good at doing so and also having a platform like Fantasy Cruncher to be able to do this is huge. Uh, we've got the Fantasy Cruncher add-on at awesomeo.com. Uh, it's awesome. Like once you use it, you're never gonna you're never gonna play DFS without it, honestly. Uh, but even if you don't want to use Fantasy Cruncher at Awesomeo, we've got amazing ownership projections. You saw how accurate they were for week two. Uh, they're they're hugely beneficial. Like you have to use them now to win. Uh, player projections, the uh, top stack tools, which are incredible in knowing where you can differentiate from the field, where you can get different uh, and, and and win big money with lower owned stacks, lower owned plays, all of them created, developed and used by Alex Baker. You know him as awesome. Oh, number one ranked DFS player in the world. So these are his tools. He puts them on the site. We get to use them uh, and we get to use them to win money and become better players. Uh, we're not just slapping his name on them. They really are the same tools that he developed, that he uses every single day. Uh, and you can, you can tell that judging from their accuracy, because if they weren't, it would be a whole different story. If you haven't gone to awesome.com yet, it's awesome.com slash join head over there. We've got express packages. We've got monthly all access, awesome plus packages, annual, you name it. We got the all access weekly for all sports from MMA to NBA to MLB to NASCAR. And of course, NFL PGA and some of the best analysts, in my opinion, the best analysts in the industry here, putting in work every single day. So go to awesome.com slash join. And when you do hop into our premium Slack chat, say what's up. We'll show you around. And, uh, you know, there's a good community of people in there talking DFS sports betting and, and everything around the clock. So, awesome.com slash join come on over man learn what it's like to have some of the best tools at your disposal every single day all right um josh let's do this and 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 adam we'll get your take on this as well before we wrap things up so who were the who were the difference makers this week and and obviously we already know the bad difference makers right the derrick henry's 
the the Devonte Adams, the Julio Jones, the Chris Herndon's, the Logan Thomases. But who were the who were the big time difference makers? Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones. Yeah. <laughs> it's the yeah. whole difference. So I, okay, all right. So I'm talking maybe some lesser owned guys. Was there any? Were there anyone that popped up in a in a large amount of top one percent? McLaurin, Terry McLaurin. Who? McLaurin and Jasicki, I think, and yeah. Diggs probably. Yeah, Jasicki yeah, was definitely one of them. So the uh, the problem that get is is tough to like identify these guys is they're all only in like four percent of the lineups to begin with. So they can only show up in so many of the top one percent because. Like there's just not enough options to get them there, so that's why you end up seeing a lot of like five or six percent type dudes. Like, and then also, and also the correlation aspect. Not only are they the low end guys just owned in a, lo- a small percentage of lineups, but a large percentage of the McLaurin lineups have Dwayne Haskins at quarterback, for example. Yeah. So that's going to hold some of those back. Um, one thing that for Diggs and Jasicki, you'll see a good amount of them because a lot of Diggs lineups have Josh Allen, who also ended up being one of the best quarterback plays. A lot of them also have Jasicki because he correlated with the, the Bill stacks. Um, same goes for Jasicki. You know, a lot of people are going to have Stephon Diggs in those lineups. So um, that that's the other thing that's always tough when you're like just looking at top lineups for for who's in them um but yeah i, th- I would say those three mclaurin Diggs, and, and just six you're probably yeah, yeah. the in addition to aaron jones the guys in tournaments that like really made a difference that weren't super popular so yeah, Diggs, I, t- I, I got a, I got a tidbit on Diggs quick so he was 3.6 percent owned uh he's in 17 percent of the top one percent lineups only 75% of those lineups had Josh Allen. So in 25% of the digs line, so we're talking like, I don't know, like 30 of the 110 have digs without Josh Allen. Okay. Interesting. Huh. 14, 14 times with Dak, eight times with Kyler Murray, two with Lamar, one with Matt Ryan, one with Fitz, one with Tannehill, one with Wentz. Matt Siegel says Fournette at 4,800 was a steal. Yeah, in hindsight, sure. But if Ronald Jones hadn't fumbled, that never would have happened. Uh, I mean, there's a reason Fournette was sub 1% on. Yeah. yeah. Mike Gusecki was one that I took a pretty big stand on. I came in like 15 times the field on him. He yeah, was one. I had like 13% Gusecki. Yeah, me too. Me too. What was he, 1% on? Yeah. One, one point yeah, six. I had 14%. Uh, so we I, came around. Go ahead. I, I had the, this. Just kind of goes back to how it's really impressive the ways you can find to to lose any given week. <laughs> I had seventeen percent digs at three percent, thirteen percent just sticky at one percent, and twenty five percent McLaurin at ten percent, and got my ass kicked. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. And what do you think? In, in all seriousness, Adam, what what was? Was there one factor where there's just a lot of contributing factors to why those guys, even though you had a lot of them, weren't enough to, to at least put you into the black? Um, the contributing factors were that Derrick Henry was my highest owned player. Devontae Adams was my second highest owned player. <laughs> I played a ton of Preston Williams as a pivot from all of those like 4K receivers that everyone else was playing. He was 1% owned. He had like two catches. Uh, that hurt a lot. So, yeah, I mean, the, the contributing factors were the guys that I played at the top end that were trash. Do you regret that? Which like, part? do you think that you should have made a manual adjustment to Preston Williams? Probably. 
Okay. I, I didn't need 33% custom volumes. Sure. But that's sort of where 30? I was going. Like if you make that 20, I don't think that you're mad about it and it's probably better yeah. for you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, man. It, yeah, if, if I had even looked at that, I probably would have lowered it. I, I look at my top-owned guys and it's my top-owned receivers were Devontae Adams, Amari Cooper, and I really thought I'd be coming in under the field on Cooper. I guess I did a tiny bit, but 20%. I had 20% Julio Jones. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a lot of Mike Evans, Hopkins, Corey Davis, Deontay Johnson. So um, the the high-owned receivers, it seems like, Josh, is not actually where I, I got a whole lot different. And it's funny because usually you want to – usually being different at receiver makes sense because it's a more volatile position than running back. But the, 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 the thing about yesterday was there were so many running backs that were coming in at low ownership that were really cheap. So it, it, I got a lot of them in there. And then at tight end, uh, was way over the field on, on, on a few of these guys like Jenny Smith and, and Mike. Actually, I don't know what Jenny Smith came in at. I was probably around the field. I had he was like 8%, I think. Okay, yeah. so I had 16%. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's still you, – you, know, you know what it is? You need all the stars to align. And I'm not talking about for all your lineups. You need for a couple or even one lineup to just have the pieces come together. God, so my exposures are garbage. <laughs> David Johnson, awful. Julio, awful. Cardinals D was looking okay till late. Amari Cooper, decent. Mark Andrews, awful. Chris Herndon, awful. Could, this could have been worse. Could have been worse. Cash lineup looked great. That's all that matters. What were your quarterback exposures? Uh, I only played six quarterbacks, although one of them decided not to play right at the start of the game, so I even had that luck going for me. That was fun. I had 16 quarterbacks in my player pool. I had Matt Matt Ryan, Dak, Kyler Murray, Mahomes, Brady, and Tyrod Taylor. Okay. That's it. So you had a few that went off. Uh, yeah, I mean, I had twenty three percent Dak. I should, I could have had like forty. That was the guy that was popping the most, but I walked that down. Matt Ryan, obviously fantastic. Murray and Mahomes, both over thirty, great. Brady was bad, uh, and then Tyrod Taylor decided to opt out of uh, week two. Yeah, I think he had a. If yeah, that's sound, Sounded like a panic attack, to be honest with you. I, I I almost ripped my TV off the off the wall when I saw it <laughs> happening. First, my first thought was like, "Yo, news god, where are you at, man? I didn't get that pop up on my phone." Right? Uh, and then I realized right. that he he stopped like during the uh, coin toss, basically. So I'll allow Adam, it. I had seven percent Aaron Rodgers, right? Which makes sense. And you know, like, okay, I'm sure you know, you look if you were to look at the score and not see any of the stats, like, nice forty two points. I'm sure they came out pretty well. Aaron Rodgers threw two hundred forty yards at two touchdowns. One of them went to his running back, Aaron Jones, and the other one went to Robert Tanyan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, frustrating. That's, that's the type of week you got from, from certain players like that. Uh, Devontae Adams was targeted three times, had three for 36. That's it. So. We had a lot of that. That's what you're going to get. It happens. And you move on. I just wish they played every day so that I could chase my losses faster. I know that. Well, I'm going to do that again today. We got showdown, right? So yeah, there's a showdown video out from yours truly got posted right That's before right. we went live. And you've been crushing those, man. They are, they are really good videos. 
uh, you built a showdown model. I did. Not only just to play, but to make these videos. I so. did. I did. Uh, I've been working on it pretty much any time I have a free second. Uh, I've been in Excel working on it. Um, transitioned it over to NBA, too. Works for both. It's good. I like it. Worked out last night. Fade Dwight Howard. Worked out. Nice. Yeah. Alex Caruso, Plumley, play him. Though. Worked out. Mason, Mason Plumley, man. What uh, I mean, happened? Obviously, with no time left on the clock, when they're trying to get a three off, you should definitely leave Anthony Davis. Are you being serious here? No. Where's he going, man? What is, what's the plan here? You, you have some wild. You have some wild takes sometimes. So I wasn't sure if you're like, yeah, he'll miss it. Just double no. LeBron. No, it's not like yeah, he. It was, it's not like he bailed off a of Javale to shoot that three. <laughs> What it was bad. So bad. And Jeremy Grant was clearly saying something to him, though. I want to know why he's on the floor. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. But I didn't even watch that game, to be honest with you. I was watching. I was watching football. So that, that series doesn't start until Game Seven when the Nuggets come back. Let's be honest here. Right. Look, I was I was watching Cam Newton look like an entirely different quarterback than we've seen in a long time. Uh, really, really impressive stuff from him. Do you know he accounted for 444 of the Patriots, 464 yards? That's All nuts. but 20 yards he accounted for. It's craziness. It's absolutely yep. craziness. I bet Bel- Patriots- Do you think Belichick's happy to have him? Honestly, after what he saw yesterday, I'm going to say yes. It was... Cam Newton did enough to win that game. The Patriots allowed 442 yards of total offense in that game. Like they got. Do you think he has to work more because of it? Say it again. Do you think that Belichick has to work more now that he has Cam? I'll tell you what. I feel like it's it's the type of work that he probably relishes in. I don't know. I think probably Rebels. having 15 years of Tom Brady handling everything was super helpful. I don't know. He seems like the type of guy that enjoys being up till four to five in the morning, you know, figuring out ways to win football games with a new quarterback. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe it's like a new girlfriend for him. His son is the outside linebackers coach and he has one of the most heinous mullets I've ever seen in my life. I'm working on it. (laughs) Adam, final thoughts from week two, looking forward to week three. Uh, Just anything that stands out. Any adjustments to make? Any any words of wisdom uh, for our viewers before we get out of here? I think it's a really important week when you're going back through your lineups, and, and I'll be doing this in the lineup review article that will be behind the paywall later today, where I go through my god awful lineups from this week. But um, I, I think it's important to pay attention to why you got to, to plays, and it, it's always really tempting to like tinker with your process after a losing week. And sometimes that's necessary, but pay attention to like why you got to plays. And if it made sense, you know, from a math standpoint and and stuff like that, don't look at how the guys actually did, especially in a week like this, where a lot of, you know, weird stuff happened. A lot of guys got hurt. Um, You can draw pretty different conclusions based on how you actually review, review, review your lineups. I think it's more important to look at the underlying stuff than the actual results. Yeah, for sure. Josh, you get into that type of that, that type of habit where you're just seeing, what was the winning lineup that won and how can I do that next week? Uh, that might get you into some serious trouble. Now, if it's the same guy winning every week, then maybe you want to try and try and uh, emulate something that he's doing, but yeah. it is a spot where you definitely want to be careful, right? 
Yeah, for sure. And uh, I don't mean to point Adam out on this, but we've already talked about it on the show. I don't think that you would go back to the drawing board on having a ton of Derrick Henry. I do think you would go back to the drawing board a little bit on having a lot of Preston Williams. Those are the kind of things that you want to catch like, oh, I probably don't need a third of my lineups to have that guy. I don't mind at all that Derrick Henry didn't play well. Right. Yeah, I I didn't need 33% Preston Williams and 34% Keenan Allen. Um, I'm perfectly fine that I went over the field on Derrick Henry, Devontae Adams, and Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Yep. Good points. Yeah, there's got to be, you got to have a little bit of context for it. And sometimes if you're scrambling, it's easy to miss that stuff. Uh, Especially if you're, you know, you're getting injury news coming in. With basketball, it's definitely tougher. I've had a lot of times where after lock, (laughs) I look at it and I go, oh my God, I have 70% ish Smith. (laughs) Well, and the thing too is, at least in the way I build my lineups, like changing one thing has a, a trickle down effect on everything else. Like yeah. if, if I cut back Preston Williams, I can almost guarantee I would have been getting less Josh Allen, less Stephon Diggs. Um, so that that's another thing too, is, you know, obviously I don't want 33% Preston Williams there, but I'm always hesitant to just say, Oh, like I'm getting too much of this guy. I need to scale him back because I know a big reason I was getting a lot of him was because I was getting a lot of Josh Allen and Bill Stacks. Or maybe you just get more Mike Gusecki. Yeah, that, that would have been nice. <laughs> <laughs> But that's just uh, one way to look at it. Josh, final thoughts, man. Yeah, you know, uh, 15 more weeks until it's over. (laughs) (laughs) No, honestly, I I entered this NFL season with a a renewed vigor for the sport. Um, Doing the morning show with you and Ben, uh, we got to talk about it a lot. Rams looking good, by the way. I was on that bandwagon pretty early. Neither here nor there. this week was disheartening seeing all of the injuries, especially because I largely dodged those bullets and still lost. But it's a long season. You just can't look into the first two weeks. You bink once and you're probably paying off your NFL season. So Big time. Well, the yeah. prize pools are so huge in NFL yeah. that you're right. You, hell, you could probably, depending on what you play, you could probably come in. Some some people watch it could come in fifth place in one of these contests and cover their NFL season times five. I mean, so it's thirteen fifty to max the slant. So if you do that for all seventeen weeks, that's twenty two thousand nine fifty. You can full bagel sixteen weeks if you win it once. You pay it off like you're a, a an ROI monster. Yep. There's got to be some context maxing, for it. What about if you're maxing the mini max? Uh, at $75 a week. Yeah. Well, that pays out 99% to first and no one else gets paid basically. So it might as well just be a gigantic winner take all. Right. But I'm still saying very, very low risk in in playing something like that with where the payout up top would, would pay everything up. Like, You'd be a different level player after winning that. So. Even if you play the knockdown mini max, the the fifty cent to get in, but the smaller version paid twenty five hundred, uh, you know, seventy five bucks to get in it each week. I mean, you you can go one for sixteen with that win, and if all you're saying is, "Hey, I was this profitable, and this is my ROI for the year," it looks like you absolutely murdered the NFL, but you took a full on beating for four months. <laughs> Yeah, exactly right. It's all about the context of it all. Like you can't and just you know, look at one or two weeks. That happens yeah. to a lot of really good players where they have one or two weeks or even one week where they run the table like and that's all they need. So yeah. yeah, my NFL season last year, I I profited over six figures in NFL and I think I probably had I don't know, four winning weeks. Yeah. Yeah. That's disgusting. 
It, it's really it like tough to stomach. It makes for really, really, really unfun weekends more often than not. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Justine asked me how everything was going. <laughs> Between goes, that and the Eagles game too, man, you were taking a real beating. Well, right. She goes, okay, so you're going to be miserable all night. I was like, yeah, pretty much. See you later. I went right back down into the basement. <laughs> I left a pillow and a blanket on the couch for you. Yeah. No, she was awesome, man. She made me dinner. Uh, it, it She's good to me. She's Bankroll good. management, definitely important. It's it's like hardest for me in NFL too, because all the contests look so fun to enter. Like the prize pools are just so enticing, but um, gotta have money. Gotta, gotta still be playing in whatever week it is that you would win. <laughs> so true. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's tough, man. But um, I still, I'm a sucker for NFL. I fucking love it. I got yeah, it. I, I hate it, but I, I enjoy it. Right. Every, every, I say this all the time, every Sunday by 3 PM, I wonder why I do this to myself. And then the next week I'm like, all right, let me make some lineups. Let me set some groups on cruncher. It takes me 18 hours to do that. Uh, and I'm right. I'm sucked right back into it again. It's Dude, just the novelty the, about it. I love this sport so much. Man. The NFL is like heroin. <laughs> well, I can, I can confirm not quite. But it is, but it it is it is definitely going to continue to reel you in. There's no question about. It. Okay, you know maybe maybe that's a little extreme. Maybe we head out of here. Yeah, I can go for days. I know it's been fun. I appreciate you guys hanging out as always. Um, look, we'll keep coming back because this is what we love. This is what we do, and uh, you'll keep watching because you guys love it as much as we do. It's really that simple. Like you're here on a Monday. Yeah, you're <laughs> you're here on a Monday. Break it down yesterday's slate less than 24 hours before it happened. We all know what's going on there. Maybe Josh is right, man. Just intervene, intravenous NFL use. And we're all here for it. We'll see you back here tomorrow on the NFL Strategy Show. Uh, taking a first look at week three because why the hell not? That's Adam Sher. He's Josh Engelman. I'm Dave Lockren. Follow us on Twitter, by the way. You want more of this? You want to have some fun? You want to talk uh, sports, shoot the shit, or just watch Adam be an asshole to everybody? Follow him at <laughs> Shit My Money DFS at Josh Engelman and myself at Lafayette underscore D L O U G H Y underscore D. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you guys back here soon. <laughs>